Hello and welcome to episode five of the After Throw podcast, co-hosted by Dalton Rasmussen and Ty Hampton. What's going on, Ty? How are you? Um, not much. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty boring day. Honestly, I didn't do too much. Yeah, we didn't have like two practices or anything. Pretty casual. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the lift was a little hard this morning. Yeah, yeah, we a had more four by eight back squats. Uh, Ty's kind of like doing front squats right now, kind of dealing with a little bit of a immobility issue and so we're all dying right now our legs are like completely effed up so my legs aren't too bad yeah actually i did i did a contrast bath today for like 20 minutes so that kind of got mine all set up and you know just seeing trainers and like getting everything fixed out so i'm actually feeling pretty good i wonder how the crew is feeling from the i mean i i mean obviously the lift is going to play a part in how their legs are feeling at their shot, but the like the stairs that we the did the stairs, up yeah, yeah, we ended with like a lot. Oh, well, not a lot of nah. stairs, but it was just like a medium hard day. You could kind of tell opinion. like everyone at the end was like a little gassed. Yeah, but it, I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, eh, it, we should be getting closer to where it, it doesn't like matter. But yeah, sure, you know. But season's around the corner. That's true. See, speaking of the season being around the corner, this episode is going to be revolving around what we do to kind of prepare for track meets and um kind of everything yeah just a overall way that we kind of you know the you know obviously the name of this is after throw but we're going to talk about the prior you know the before the throw and how we get ready to throw so that's kind of like where we're we're going to start off so what is kind of like if if you're like maybe a week or two out, two weeks out of a, like a track meet, what are you doing in terms of like your training? Like maybe in high school, since you haven't competed in college, yeah. what did you kind of like start doing? Did you start like thinking of training differently? Did you maybe stop lifting weights? Like kind of how, what was, what was that like for you? Um, if it was a week or two weeks out from season, I am, um, I mean, if it was the first meet of the season, I might've been lifting uh, maybe one month out or maybe two weeks out at the most and yeah i usually didn't lift at all so yeah same with me i I never lifted i just never really lifted during season i mean i think i did a little maybe lunges i would do lunges really lunges specifically (laughs) i did i mean i was in like a weight training class so we kind of just had like these like these different lifts that we did like every single week which was definitely really repetitive but we kind of just like lowered the weights or we kept the weights like all the same no matter what like if it was like and just moved it faster. if it was like 10 8 6 we literally just like kept all the weights from <clears> the 10 rep all the way till the six so it was kind of just a, a you know our coach like he knew he was like you guys are competing so it's like you shouldn't be, don't need to fry you your shouldn't body. be sore it's important to not be sore for a track meet that's for sure 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. if you're sore got me into a track meet that's gonna fuck with your head like the whole time yeah i mean it's weird sometimes i would have these like i would make my own camps type deals where i'd like prepare myself Mm. for a hard training session and i would treat it like a camp in my brain where i'd take like a two and a half hour throwing session practice Mm. and i would prepare my body to throw and then sometimes obviously i'll be sore and won't throw as far and like a next meet because it doesn't matter Mm. like if it's like a meet i don't care about i'll have like a really hard like training camp and i'll do certain things and for like the first few days like a lot of med balls test myself on sprints and i'll uh train like i'm gonna throw for like a meet but i'll but i'll obviously take the throw session i'll do a ton of throws but that's something i wouldn't do all the time i do that like 
once in a season. Mm. So you're kind of like not taking it super seriously. So like as Depends you're getting as you're getting like closer to the end of season, that's probably when you do like less sprint training and stuff and you maybe I'll probably do more sprint training and less med ball mm. throws. Yeah, true. Yeah. Probably more running, mm-hmm. more jumping and less and well, okay, depends on the type of jump. So I might be switching up some of the crazy bounds that I would be doing and I would alternate to like a little bit more stair bounding mm. and stuff like that instead like low impact. Yeah. And and I think like if I wanted to prepare for like a one big uh I mean for me in high school it's like states or nationals. Mm-hmm. So I would usually just take like three weeks out and kind of do nothing like just pick and i didn't yeah like i would just do kind of nothing honestly that's literally exactly what i did before like big track meets or even like like districts like um obviously you'd be like thinking of like technical changes that you want to make but realistically getting to like a meet like where it's like higher stakes or whatever so that you can or can't go to state or like a you know bigger meet you don't want to be like making big time technical changes. You might want to be doing like full throws that week of, but and focusing on like one thing maybe that you're trying to like emphasize for the meet. But realistically, I mean, especially not like during a meet, you can't like you can't like make yeah. technical changes. <clears throat> maybe There's not like much little you can ones. Do. Yeah, not really. It depends on how you prepared yourself and like maybe maybe something happened in the meet that you hadn't been doing before. And it's just like one little thing that your coach is going to tell you that like you need to like think about, but yeah, the coming up to a meet, you should probably be getting dialed in before, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to do because it's so many variables for each individual on True. how their training has been beforehand. So if they didn't get enough full throws on the runway this year and they're going into season and you see a lot of people, just taking short approaches on the runway and it takes them like up until like the very end of the season when they're just now starting fulls it's i mean it catches up to them and you're going to see that through a lot of throwers yeah definitely depends on where you're coming into the season at you know if you're coming in fully prepared for the first meet i mean you might just you know try to throw as far as you can on the first meet um so i think it just depends yeah you can pick and choose but yeah, I think if I'm like one or two weeks out, I pretty much just have, I, okay. So for me, it usually takes me halfway through the season until like I start throwing far and I usually don't throw that far in the beginning. I don't yeah. know why that is. Yeah, I just definitely, don't. I definitely experienced that in high school. I don't see it. Like maybe now if I opened up like, yeah, I would throw a PR, but maybe not up to the standards that I want to mm-hmm. because I would just end up throwing farther halfway through the year because I would just get more comfortable on the runway and things like that. So maybe I'm one who's not fully comfortable to run into a throw beginning of the season. Usually that takes me longer. Yeah. But I'm not too sure this year, honestly. Yeah. It's up in the air. Yeah. It's for you. It's an unfortunate timing thing. And you had a couple things getting your way. But I, I mean, I do see you improving like pretty much, pretty much weekly, I would say at this point, especially since you saw the chiropractor. Um, and like mentally you've definitely grown since then, you know, you were kind of a little bit in your head and I think you're getting to a better place now for sure. So, but, but yeah, so maybe, maybe now that you are you're like a week out, maybe it's the day of or the night before, what are you kind of like, besides obviously like getting your clothes ready and stuff, what, what are you kind of going through? Are you trying to like, 
I mean, especially with like sleep, what are you, are you like aiming? Like I'm going to get as much sleep as possible. Like I feel like some people, they probably want to be like six hours of sleep. So they're like a little on edge, but, but what? that's a you. thing. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's what some people like to do actually. Yeah. Oh, that's stupid. Don't listen to them. Yeah. So they undersleep and then they crank up the caffeine. Well, if you listen to like Matt Walker, when he talks about like how you can be underslept by a little bit, it's like the equivalent of being like 11% less performance mm. just by like. I can't remember the exact amount of hours of sleep, but I feel like it's like an extra hour loss of sleep that you'd usually have. Like yeah. say if you always sleep seven and you sleep six, then it's like you're gonna have a decrease di- in performance. Yeah, it's like being dehydrated. Yeah, it's like you yeah. want to be hydrated the night before for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know too much about it, but obviously not sleeping enough is not gonna be good for you. But yeah, yeah. I would definitely recommend at least eight hours of sleep before track meet. Just have a normal routine and schedule. Mm-hmm. So like for me for the day out before um, I like to run through my, uh, pre, like my pre-meet warm-up that I would usually do before oh, yeah, my throw. So I would do that the day, um, the day before the meet and ideally if I could see the track the day before. So like when I run through my warm-up, I do everything. I would also like to see the track and I'd like to go out and walk on the track and not do anything, just like visualize. Yeah. That's what we try to do. Like I did that before nationals. I'm sure you did that before nationals mm-hmm. as well. I mean, it's kind of like a, I don't know if I like it though. Oh, I love it. You I can kind scope of like, it out. Like you can and think about it and like you can dream. Mm-hmm. I kind of like going in not knowing even what it looks like. Really? Like I think oh, that's kind of like exciting. I'd be on edge. I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> You're like where? I don't even know. It's like I don't even know where the javelin runway is. And it's like kind of exciting. I don't know. Hmm. I feel like I... Not do you nice visualize theory. a lot or not? Um, I would say uh, it happens at random times. Like during the day, um, like let's say like I get like a text from my mom, you know, uh, and she's like, I can't wait for you to throw or whatever. And then I'm like to, on a walk and then I like have like thoughts of me like throwing really mm. far at like my first meet and then like I can like see it in my head. Huh. Uh, that definitely happens, but it doesn't like, I don't like actively, I don't like actively. I'm like, okay, I'm going to like start thinking about like how far I'm going to throw in my first meet or like what, what I'm going to do at nationals or anything like that. It's always been like just completely random. I don't know if that's like what you you've experienced, but I don't know. Do you actively do it? Yeah, really. I mean, you see me zone off all the time. That's true. <laughs> so like, I do it quite often. Yeah. I definitely think about it, and usually during season, like I have an image of like where I'm throwing and hmm. what that throw is going to look like in my head before I even throw, and I just like dream okay. on it. And what this is going to sound dream funny, on but it. okay, seriously uh my senior year i had like the same dream like one like obviously not the same whole dream but like one part of my dream like before like as soon as i went to bed i would like dream of this one thing like winning nationals and just like where it was at because i knew the location Mm -hmm. and i just had like did you know what it looks like did you like yeah because i've been there before in sophomore year Mm, so i got through there and I just knew what it was like. So I just put myself in that situation every night and I like kind of tweaked with it in my head. Mm. And I tried to figure out where I was going to be. Yeah. Because it's like right after the That's surgery. That's a really important tool, I think, for people to use for sure. Yeah. I mean, I did that before. I definitely do that like when I'm like, yeah, when I go to scope out a meet, you like get on the runway. And like even like our first time walking out onto Hayward, like I got on the runway yeah, and I was like. You did like, that, didn't you? It was like I'm, I was on mushrooms and I was like, I saw myself like throwing a javelin on that runway. Yeah, that's the same thing I did. I yeah. just like thought about what it would it's be It's not like. an out-of-body experience, but it it's like a, 
It's like you can see it with your eyes open almost. Yeah. You can feel it. You can like picture it. Yeah. Yeah, I do Especially a lot, I do a lot you, of that. Like, not like daydreaming almost, but like... Yeah, I don't know. How to, just, I don't, I don't even it's know a how to form of daydreaming. I would I'm say. sure all athletes have experienced something like this. Yeah, maybe not even just. It's probably not even just like strictly to athletics. Like going into like a job interview, you know, you're like you're like thinking of like what the boss looks yeah. like, or like you're thinking of like what his room's gonna be, and then and yeah, then visual, get there. Visualization is definitely an important role in like yeah. a ton of things. It's not just. I think it's just like the idea of whenever you have something that is. Um, anticipated, you're going to try to visualize what that is going to look like or that result. It's like and a natural human phenomenon. It's not even taught. No. No one like teaches you. Like, you can't teach someone how to visualize. Yeah. And some people I will mean, say maybe, like, but some people know. will say like manifest, like, like, uh, it's probably like pretty like, it's like associated with like writing things down, except for that's more of like a physical form of, yeah. of visualization. I mean, then again, like, you can daydream all you want and and suck at that and meat. you can still and you could still like throw like shit throw like shit yeah <laughs> i mean things don't go all your way all the time yeah. but yeah i think that definitely helps having a clear image and a clear thought going mm-hmm. into the meat and you're like super focused hyper focused because like the day before i'm definitely depending on how big the meat is i'm definitely have like a small amount of people i talk to mm, like yeah, parents definitely um, maybe like one or two like in high school on the bus ride like i didn't talk to anyone yeah Unless it was like a couple of days before the meet, like if we drove up and we stayed the night, then I would like talk to people. But most of the time, I was just like to myself listening to music mm-hmm. and just like forgetting about like what, not worrying about what, because it's like an individual sport. So it's like, what are other people going to do that's going to affect you? You know, it's just like in like team sports, I feel like you probably go off of other people's energy and kind of just like, I don't know. Yeah. You definitely look at it differently. And you can definitely feel when something's in there, when something's mm-hmm. off. Like you just know when you're on a team sport, like something's off. Yeah. And everyone else can feel it, but no one is saying anything. And then you all have to go on the bus ride back. That's the worst. And it's like, let's say you lost a basketball game or something. That's the worst. Everyone's just like... Everyone's quiet on the everyone's way back. Everyone's like sad. Coach doesn't talk. Coach doesn't talk at all. Do you want to hear a funny rule? Yeah. So in high school, like when after we lose... Uh, pretty bad. I think I don't. I can't quite remember, but I think this was a rule where like we oh, couldn't no. talk on the way back. You couldn't talk. No, it was like just small talk or just like stuff like that. But we couldn't like. That's crazy. But if we won, I think we did talk and we got yeah, freaked out. But yeah, obviously, out. yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I just kind of. Remember. I don't know why I just thought of that, but yeah. Track meet rides home are kind of weird because like some people. I should just ride home with the parents. I was going to say for the most part, a All lot of people, maybe not a lot of people. But I did like once or twice. A lot of a good amount of like like varsity athletes, I feel like, would get their parents to come. So, so then it was just like, I feel like it's probably more awkward if you like performed bad and then you're with your parents. And then you're just like not talking. You're like, nah, I like it. We can go get some pizza afterwards or something like true. that. That's true. You could you could get cheered up by like yeah. anything realistically. Yeah, like you did so <laughs> well. Good job. You got yeah. Yeah. My parents always talk about that. They're like, I'm gonna get you this when you like throw. It. I was like, I was like, mom, stop. It yeah. shouldn't be. It's not about like, you know, I don't know, taking me out to dinner afterwards. That's it's nice to celebrate. That's yeah. for sure. But it's it should be like from me. You know, it shouldn't be about like, I don't know. Because, like, like, even, it, like, say, exa- for example, like, when you were throwing in high school mm-hmm. and you won, but it's not like it was a good mark for you, in your opinion, that pro- that definitely probably bothered you. Yeah. And Or, like, and, you had bad ca- competition and you felt like you stooped 
to their level. Yes. You know what I mean? That's the worst. Uh, or like it, you felt like it was out of your control. Like uh, maybe like you like only had like a bad javelin to throw or something like that. Or like, you know, it's interesting. I had meets. Some of my best meets were on turf tracks. Did you experience that? Throwing with the turf javelin? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had a PR at 216 on turf. So yeah. I would say so, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know why. No, okay. Is but there a on average, though, I've definitely thrown farther way mm. more times on. Yeah, but you've also on, thrown more times on grass. Wait, yeah, I've thrown a lot on grass. Yeah. Yeah. Eric doesn't. I don't even know. know. I don't know that, though, because, like, my home, my, uh, for my high school, we mm. throw on turf. And okay. the neighboring high school, we throw on turf. And hmm, I didn't there's know not too many meets that I go to that are on grass, unless we're going to, like, like Florence or something like mm. that, or the Roseburg High School Twilight meet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I threw. Well, okay, this is gonna be actually a, kind of a funny story now that I think about it. Okay, so when we went up to uh, Willamette, so like that was for like the media champions. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, there. If this right. was my sophomore, I think it was my sophomore year. Yeah. So my coach and I, Jake Smith, uh, we look at the track and we see a picture of it. Oh, it's a turf field. Mm-hmm. So let's bring turf javelins. Yeah. And we get there, and you can and throw into the turf. We can throw into the turf. Oh. Like I kid you not, I've never saw a facility that you can throw like a field tip javelin into a turf. That's weird. Some didn't field. didn't someone tell you that Lane had a like place where you could throw like javelins like that? I don't or think like so. or like regular tip javelins. Some I feel like someone told me that, and then no, and then we got to Lane, and I was like, no, the fake news. What the what the hell? Yeah, is no, that's right not here? true. So, anyways, we get up there <laughs> and. I'm like, shit, I don't have a javelin. I'm just yeah. like, it's like I brought a pretty good Nordic uh, mm-hmm. 80 meter turf javelin to throw. And I get there. I'm like, well, I'm not going to throw this. If I can throw a field tip, I'm going to throw a field tip. Yeah. Everyone else throwing field tip. So I grab like something that the school just had laying around, like old javelins that they collected. Some 60 meter. And I threw like a 60 meter gill javelin. Whoa. And I threw like 195 with that. Damn. In sophomore year. I was like, I was actually kind of hyped. And that's like when I threw a PR too, like a two foot PR. Damn. That was pretty with fun. The six, <laughs> with a really soft javelin. A really soft javelin. Yeah, yeah. I never threw a stiff javelin until state mm. when I threw 208. It's an interesting... Uh, I'm, I'm sure some of you guys know about this, but different javelins have different meterages. So, like, I guess I, what, what that means meterages. is... Meterages. Meterages. <laughs> uh, it kind of, like... I don't really know how to describe it. It's right, like I'll the describe stiffness. It. I'll, I'll describe it. So, yeah. basically, when... As it scales up, so when you start with the lower stiffness of a fifty meter, yeah, so if fifty you meter about, javelin, yeah, is supposed to so fly when you throw, fifty meters. So when you throw, no, it's not. It's not based on how far it can go. Hmm. It's based on so when you release the javelin, mm-hmm. that vibration that it has in it when it wobbles more, mm-hmm. that javelin as you increase the uh, fifty meter goes to sixty meter, etc. goes up. It will straighten out quicker, right. so it'll stiffen quicker. And so there's two things in that. Um, one, it'll go farther because there's going to be less, uh, you're going to lose less energy when it stiffens out quicker. Mm-hmm. So it's going to go farther. Yeah. And so it's going to create less drag because it's not going to be moving around as much in the air. So less air friction is going to go farther, mm-hmm. less drag. And second, it's also going to produce more force on the elbow because a stiffer javelin, you can't pull against it as much because it's going to be stiffer. Mm-hmm. So the same flex that you can apply to a 50 meter gill, you can't apply with the 90 meter carbon yeah so you can't pull against it as much so mm-hmm. it can hurt you more but it could also go farther if you hit it through the point correctly. that's like one of the reasons that like younger or newer javelin throwers don't throw high meter javelins because 
you don't really know i want to say like the arm slot but but you don't you just don't want to risk it you know it's not worth it like maybe the best bang for the buck like javelin that you could get is probably a 70 meter and maybe 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 a Namath or like just any 70 meter javelin i think it's good for like any high school thrower like for a yeah, while yeah just find like a sandvik yeah i mean you don't yeah. have to have a like a lot of people think like oh i need to get like the nicest javelin and I mean, no. I'm trying to think of like something you could compare it to that you wouldn't want the best in. Maybe like a guitar. Like you're gonna buy your kid a guitar because he wants to learn how to play guitar. You're not gonna buy. You don't him. start out with the like yeah. Ferrari or anything, right? You're not like, gonna buy him the into stuff. Best you don't get guitar. In, like, the top end. I can't even think of a brand of guitars except for like Fender. Yeah, um, I don't know anything but, about that stuff. So. Huh. Uh, it's just kind of like not like what's the point, but know your limits in a sense, you know. Like when I was starting to like throw like far in high school is when I got myself a Nemeth and it's an 80 meter, not like an 85. That was when I was like starting to get like pretty serious and I felt like I could handle a stiffer javelin because the 70 meters were starting to feel a little bit like even just like watching videos, you could tell that the, the javelin was just like wobbling a lot in the air. So I was like, let's get an upgrade. Then again, I will say one thing that's pretty cool is when Tom Poskis would throw he was so clean when he hit his javelins. Like he would be throwing with like the fifties and sixty meter gills, mm. and it wobbled he would just hit, as much. No, he would hit them clean because like it's mm. all about arm slot and like how much you right. pull against the javelin. So if your arm slot is on a perfect straight line through the javelin, well, you're gonna have like very minimal wobble to the javelin. Yeah, you just throw like a ten meter javelin. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. <laughs> so you'll th- you'll see me throw the fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. and they don't wobble that much. Would you say? Yeah, the, the your fifties and sixties don't wobble as much as a younger athlete throwing fifties and sixties. Yeah, I don't know, cause like it's weird. So like when I'm throwing at like a slower speed, I won't hit them as clean, but I'm running faster and I'm running into it. Mm. I'll hit them cleaner, mm. and they'll go. They like like my arm finds like a better slot. Yeah, you've got less time to fuck things up. Yeah, basically, I don't <laughs> have to think about it. Yeah, I just like go into it and it's yeah. smoother. That's interesting. Um, when you wake up in the morning for a track meet. Do you have like, did you have something like specifically that you always like to eat in the morning or like, like some stretches that you did or like anything to like prepare yourself mentally or physically for, for that track meet that day? Mm. You just kind of like went to the hotel and you like found whatever they had. Yeah. I mean, I just like, if the hotel is like powdered eggs, mm-hmm. I'll eat powdered eggs. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. But. One thing that I always did is when I was in Concordia, we would like be in a hotel and then in the morning we'd like get together with all the, all the guys. And I think it was just important to like have a chill conversation, you know, like something that's not even related to the track meet, mm-hmm. you know, so that everyone kind of gets in like a good mood and like the nerves are a little bit lessened like on the drive there. Cause like on the drive there, like you're getting like, you're kind of getting amped and you're also getting like nervous at least in my my experience, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I you feel always competed alone, almost. I don't know. I kind of I'm I'm just to myself too much. Yeah. So like in the morning, what I would like to do is I would like to eat breakfast with uh, my coach, mm. um, and we would just like small talk stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I we, always we laid didn't really out talk my talk about javelin, honestly. Yeah, not exactly. too much. I always laid out my uh, bib and my jersey. So, like, you'd put the, like, pins in and, like, you take, like, 15 minutes to put the pins in just to kind of, like, have it perfect. That's kind of, that's kind of, like, a fun. Yeah. I don't know if I had, like, a routine routine because I'd wake up in the morning, 
Um, usually I wake up pretty early because I like to go to bed pretty early mm. and I usually like to keep the same schedule. So if I'm going to bed at 9.30 every night, mm-hmm. I usually wake up at like 6.30 or so or 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I just wake up really early. Um, mm-hmm. That's just on me. And yeah, I just... You like it, so... Yeah, so if I, I'm not going to try to sleep more than mm-hmm. I always do. I'm just going to keep that same routine yeah. that I've always slept. I'm just going to keep my same mm-hmm. sleep schedule because it works for me. Yeah, I never do homework late at night because I always feel like it's a waste of like I don't know, I feel like I can yeah. always do homework better in the morning I think so if I'm if I have like an assignment that's not due that night I'm like okay well I'll just wake up in the morning and do it then yeah I I mean I agree but yeah I would just wake up in the morning um have breakfast early with my coach mm-hmm. just kind of chillax mm-hmm. and maybe maybe talk a little bit about what your plan is to go into the meet like. My coach would always talk to me. I think we just say like, let's get it. That's like, that's like, we wouldn't talk. We wouldn't Mm. talk much. I'd be like, I'm throwing, Mm. I'm throwing this far today and end the story. Interesting. Yeah. I, uh, that's yeah. I'm throwing this far. I'm beating all of these guys here. Um, my coach would always tell me on the first throw, throw at your 80%. Really? Yeah. And then the rest go hammer it. You know, it's an interesting, I, I think it's a good way to, to go in mentally to attract me it's like i'm gonna throw 80 percent of my first one just to to make sure i make it to finals because if you go out and you try to crank one then you've got more pressure on the second throw like, let's see if you foul it or you throw like shit on the first one and you did a hundred percent that's a big mental like thing to get over well let's classify what a hundred percent is because like right if someone's going down the runway and they're throwing as hard as they can there's a difference between someone who has a really loose relaxed arm and they're running down the runway and they're looking at one spot in the sky and throwing. There's a difference between, like, trying to... That's two thought patterns, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's like, at least for me when I threw in States, I always felt, like, so relaxed with mm-hmm. my arm. I could just, like, leave it back there. Mm-hmm. And my only intent was, like, looking at one spot and, like, almost like I just had this, like, intent or aggression to, like, attack the runway Mm. to think about that i would just like attack that point Mm -hmm. and drive into it as fast as i could in the sense that it was like not necessarily thinking about something technical it was just or not perceived effort just kind of like my goal is this to go this speed it wasn't even speed i was just going like Mm. i look i mean look at me in high school i was running pretty fast yeah but i maintained that speed and it was just look I was just only focused on one thing when I was throwing. I was just looking at like one single spot mm. and I was only trying to throw at that spot in the sky and I just like ran into it. Yeah. I didn't You're not trying to think anything like technical. No, nothing no, technical. If I think not. about something technical, it's gonna fall apart. Oh yeah. 100%. And then something else is gonna get fucked up in the process. Yeah, I can't I don't know how people coach their athletes and they're like asking for help during a meet. It's it's yeah, not no. too much can be done there. That's a bad idea, and especially, probably especially if you're like a teammate. I feel like that might be even maybe not like asking from a teammate or co- a teammate coaching each other. Yeah, like a teammate being like, "Hey, you should do this." Oh, I never coached anybody. Imagine, in a meet. imagine no. if I did that in, in a meet. I would be pissed I'm like, at you. I'm like, I would be so pissed. I would be like, your knee drive sucks. Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> I would hate that if someone coached me in a meet. Oh my oh. god, a teammate that'd be the worst. Yeah. Have you ever had guys come up to you during a meet and they're from a different team and they like ask you for like technique advice? After the meet, I'll tell them everything. Really? Yeah. Bef- well, like 
you so you've had guys come up to you like during and then like how do you do that like yeah i mean they ask me but i'll usually just kind of like um let me throw i don't really address them too much during the meet but after the Mm -hmm. meet i'm more than willing to tell them what i do and like how i Mm -hmm. do it and help them out like that doesn't bother me yeah it's a cool i like helping people it's a it's an interesting thing to do and have you ever like gone to maybe like a guy who you've seen who you're like okay this guy has potential and like gone and like been like hey you want to talk let me know if you want to talk like you're you're really good Mm. i mean as of right now i can't think of anyone off the top of my head Mm. but depending on the type of meat and how serious serious it is i usually am talking to other people Mm -hmm. uh if it's like a relaxed, more chill meet, then yeah, I would be talking to someone, maybe, mm. my own team. But I don't know if I've ever really approached someone and say, hey, you're really good. I think you could do this well. Hmm. Wait, actually, I can think of one guy. Um, yeah, I was going to say there's one distinct I can th- experience I th- for me. I, think of, I can think of one person. and I oh, What's his name? I can't think of his name. He was a lefty. Hmm. Senior year. Oh, I'm yeah, gonna it was senior the, year for me as well. I'm going to think of the name later, but... I have no idea what I this I remember this kid is. throwing uh, 195 or something like that. Hmm. I swear he threw 200. At state? My No, it was at districts. I swear he threw 200 that season when he was a sophomore. Whoa. And I was... Because he was like down that I was beating him. And because like that me, I just threw 221. Mm-hmm. And I threw it and it stuck and landed side... And it didn't even stick. It stuck yeah. and landed sideways. Yeah. And he was just like, you could just see him open his head because I just like the throw before that was like 208 and it Mm -hmm. went like straight up in the ground. The throw before that was like 203 and just like I was like missing the shit out of the javelin. But I still ended up throwing pretty far and you could just see like he was like defeated. I was like, look, you're throwing just as far as I was, if not farther, by the same time when I was a sophomore. Yeah. I was like, keep it up. I was like, just keep throwing and. It's not that much of a leap to where I'm at right now. Yeah. So I don't that's know. A, that's a cool experience. I don't have. know what he took from that, but have you used, like looked at his marks? Well, wait. Well, technically, you wouldn't even be able to see a mark from him. No, because like COVID yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah. who knows? And now that I think about it, so he would be, so be junior. So this would be a senior year. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. God, what's his name? That sucks. Fuck, I can't think of his name right now. This is actually bothering me. I hate when you can. Can't think of someone's name. Mm. Fuck. I feel like that happens to me a lot. I feel like I'm so Ugh. bad with names. But but yeah, that was like the only instant. Um, Where you like you kind of situation someone, I guess. Yeah. And like, I don't fully remember the conversation. It was just like, like yeah, don't worry about it. Same, Who cares? Same with mine. Yeah. yeah. I, I like only a little bit better. I think I was at districts as well. Um, and I basically like, just saw this guy. I was like. He was a sophomore as well, actually. Uh, and he was, like, right behind me at, like, districts or whatever. And, like, he... You, yeah, I, like like you said, he was just, like, kind of upset. And then I, like, went up to him and I was like, Hey, bro, you're throwing farther than I was when I was your age. Like, keep training. You're... He was, like, really athletic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can tell that you could you could go really far. And you're seeing the throws I'm throwing right now. You're pretty damn close. So, keep it up, you know. And so... I think those are always like really fun experiences to have. It's like, cause it's like, you can tell that they, they definitely will remember that conversation, you know? And it's not like, it's not like you're like a fucking celebrity. You're just like, uh, someone that they're kind of like looking up to. And, yeah. and it's like a really cool experience to be able to like 
tell someone like you're get you're gonna get there don't worry about it you know yeah it was kind of weird i never thought about being looked up to yeah or throwing javelin mm-hmm. have in, you ever like, had someone ask to get a signature from you uh yes actually really yeah. so funny <laughs> so when i threw 216 uh my senior year mm-hmm. at the prefontaine classic which is a pretty sizable meet i think there's 850 kids competing in one meet mm. at once in several schools from yeah. all over and like the meet grows every year mm-hmm. because of the popularity and just like the amount of competition it brings in from california mm-hmm. and i remember i don't know if it was three or four girls i don't i can't quite Damn. remember i remember like vividly one uh like came up to me and wow. wanted me to sign the back of uh her sweatshirt and Damn. so i did that celebrity no it was kind of, it was weird I, would, I literally didn't know what to do because like, like i literally just got done competing my signature I was wearing is my, dog shit you don't want my signature i was wearing me. my oregon sweatshirt and they were talking like oh where are you going i'm like oh it's right here this is where i'm going i was like uh they, like, they collapsed collapse on the ground it was it was definitely kind of weird they were like, I can't quite remember the conversation. And it'd be super funny if she was listening to this right now. That would be hilarious. But uh, what was her name? I can't. Oh, shit. Karen. I no, I don't think it was Karen. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I signed the back I... of his sweatshirt and I signed it for like someone else. And she's like, oh, I'll be looking at it. I was like, so good. And mm-hmm. it was just it was just weird. I just didn't know what to say. I was like, thank you. Yeah. I was like, I've had. Yeah. Maybe a few people ask for pictures like younger guys. Younger yeah. Guys that like. Uh, maybe not state. Really, pictures? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that's been. I don't think I've fun. had that before. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say I don't think this happened at this meet, but uh, it's kind of a funny story. So I I don't know if I told you this, but when I like when I won um conference when I was a freshman at Concordia through two twenty, and my teammate got second, Easton. Um, I think he threw maybe like 205 or something like that Damn, and then, what a good teammate don't know your yeah <laughs> don't know your i don't remember his mark uh <laughs> he's probably not listening to this um and we go like to get like our names like called off and we're at the podium or no we're not at the podium it was after the podium there was like a final like ceremony thing at the end where it was like different like awards for like athlete of with female athlete of the meet and all this stuff so they get to the male athlete of the meet and they call easton's name for it for the award that's great and then he walks up and i'm like i'm like he got a second i'm like hold on how did he get (laughs) at the end of the of the meet and so they hand it to him and then he looks at me he's like what are they are they sure about this so then he brings it he brings it back to them and and they're like oh shit we said the wrong name so then they're like we have a correction and like the whole like oh my god that's all the funny. people there are like what the fuck how do they how do they mess this up so then they call my name and then i just kind of like awkwardly walk up to the fucking thing and yeah so i mean it was pretty, it was really cool that to get like awarded athlete of a meet like an entire mm-hmm. meet a conference meet not even just like a dual meet yeah like out of all the events at the conference meet i got number one which was like freaking awesome i don't know and the plaque I got there was bigger than the plaque I got for winning the meet. <laughs> That's <laughs> which, funny. Which was pretty funny. But Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely weird. But usually I just try to be when I was in the sport mm-hmm. is I just try to give as much info as possible. Yeah. Because I guess, I mean, a lot of people say that I like, I'm intimidating 
when I'm at a track mm-hmm. meet and they like I come off as like hard to approach but yeah honestly, I never even had a conversation with you like at all I feel like Anytime yeah everyone me. looks at me and they think I'm like look like yeah like when you crazy. were at the twilight meet I was like I was like fuck dude this I know he's good but like he's not that good he, he's like you're like walking around like not your head down but I was like this guy's like he takes this shit serious yeah you I know because I remember throwing like 185 at that meet or something like that I don't know if I beat you at that meet but I think you, I think you won. Yeah, I but think we all threw like dog shit, and I think it was really rainy. I was pissed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I it's just a take, nice, it's a nice runway. I just take everything honestly. so seriously. So when I was at that meet, I just it's whatever. But yeah, if anyone is willing to, if if anyone comes up and wants to talk to me about javelin, like I'm more mm-hmm. than oh yeah, happy to tell them about everything I know mm-hmm. and what I do and especially, how I train. I don't especially care. Especially if someone makes it to a meet at Hayward. Like let's say that there is a meet at Hayward where people can come. Fuck yeah, come up to us, ask us questions, you know, like get to get to know us, you know, and I think that through this podcast, we can kind of get our word out and so that people can, you know, they have more access to like information that we have, like, you know, we're not fucking javelin savants, you know, we just, we just have a little bit more knowledge than maybe a high school thrower does, you know, so. Yeah, not much more. I think this is a really cool opportunity. I just miss that person to person where I can just, like you get done competing and everyone can come up and say hi whatever or like you're sitting there. after state like you, let's say you finish state and you're like sitting in the area where they put all the kids and you're just talking with the other competitors right, like right after you just competed mm-hmm. that's and the you're best about to go play. that's literally the best like because you finish and you're just like i finished i got my points for the team mm-hmm. i you get to and the great thing is you get to wear the the, the first medal. place right there yeah. the medal and just sit in the stands and chill yeah oh that's the best yeah because like when people walk around like you see the sprinters or distance mm-hmm. crew like people who can compete in multiple races mm. or and they've all got like like they have like five. a four by one medal they have like yeah. 100 and they got like a 200 and like it's such a flex at state yeah it kind of is a flex but, but it's it, like it is nice it's, it's like a mutual respect mm-hmm. and like yeah there is a mutual respect when and everyone's going out and talking to everyone it's like great but mm-hmm. yeah that won't happen this year yeah too bad especially if you can't tell what event they're doing or what events they did you're like Yo, yeah what did you win or like how long did you jump or whatever so. yeah it's just fun going to another team and mm-hmm. just like chillaxing like yeah like yeah they might be your competitors but oh it was you so don't have to treat them like the first time you, you can't got a talk medal. to them yeah first time first time you got a medal at state is probably like the most like unforgettable experience for you yeah and like, that's why i'm yeah i think you get to wear it with so much pride i think my sophomore winning state for job was definitely my favorite moment i go back and forth between winning nationals and that but like I still think winning state where there was something about it that was a little bit more special. Yeah, it was sweet because you're a sophomore. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Most people expect to maybe win when they're senior or that's their plan. Yeah. Yeah. So then again, I wasn't in a crazy conference either. I was Mm -hmm. a 4A. That's true. You were in 4A, but you threw farther than all the people in my 6A. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's true. Yeah. It's crazy that Roseburg's 6A too. It's so weird. Yeah. But uh, I guess it makes still sense. a pretty big school. I don't really have any, you know, jurisdiction on what makes a team a six A versus four A or whatever. Summit's five A, and they're like the biggest, like high school. And, and they just win every track meet every year for five A single time. Yeah, who cares about? Eh, yeah. Not much you can do about that. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I don't think I did too much else before a meet. If it was just like relaxing mm. and. Yeah, talking to my coach a little like bit, before, small talk before getting like on the drive. I kind of, I guess I can say like, if I'm at the meet, 
I like to kind of go for like a little walk. Mm-hmm. Like say if I'm two hours out, like an hour, mm-hmm. two hours, I'm still talking to my coach, like small talk. And like I'll go for like a little walk by myself mm-hmm. and I'll stop talking to people. And then like an hour out, I'm doing the same warm up that I practiced the mm-hmm. day before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. I Always make sure you go pee. Run That's through that. That's a big one. <laughs> That's a really big one. Uh, I hope you wouldn't forget that. Oh yeah. That'd be a struggle. I was going to say. Yeah, I don't know though. I've uh, this is oh wait. Weird. Here's here's one thing that I used okay. to do that now they thought about it. I used to only um, wear my competition spikes only for competition, obviously, and then I would only train in these shoes. So hmm. during the day of the meet, I would only wear my competition spikes, hmm. and I would just wouldn't touch them. And my javelin, I would only throw that javelin mm-hmm. that day for during competition, because hmm. like my uh, yeah we did my carbon. Too. I only threw my carbon. May, I'd maybe pick with it the day before, like super easy. I would, mm-hmm. I would like not even turn sideways. It'd just be like overhead yeah. picks, just like touching it, or <laughs> I'd run, or I'd run with it, mm. and feel what it likes to run down the runway with it. Yeah, but I wouldn't throw with it usually. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the visualization, visualization that's takes a hard word. Place kind of like just before you're getting ready to warm up, like you're you're like getting that mindset. You're like looking back at the. Like, like even just going and like walking on the track or the the runway with your spikes on, that's a good feeling. Or like seeing other like maybe like the the girls are throwing before you, which always happened. Like varsity girls always threw before the varsity guys. Mm-hmm. Actually, I could be wrong. I think it was like JV guys threw before or whatever at home meets for us. Um, even just like seeing other people throw, kind of just like gets you like fucking amped, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I was always so zoned out. So like when I was warming up, I didn't even like know what was going on or mm. who was throwing. I didn't really yeah. care too much. You just didn't blink. No, I just like, yeah, I just kept <laughs> eyes open the whole time. Just cracked out. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of, I'd always warm up with a sweatshirt and I would be like super mm-hmm. sweaty, mm-hmm. like hood over. Mm-hmm. Me too. And didn't really matter how yeah. hot it was. I was just crazy. Yeah. Maybe not for me in North Carolina. I definitely didn't warm up with like a lot on. Which I think might have contributed to why I threw like dog shit. Honestly. Yeah, that weather, like weather humidity will zap you mm-hmm. if you're not used to it. But yeah. yeah, you definitely have to modify. Like I remember modifying my warm up slightly when I was there. because like pretty hot and I noticed it. And I also had strep throat when I won nationals too. Shit. So that was hor. I was pissed about that. Because like I was the most peaked I was in the mm-hmm. week out. I was throwing. That was like when I... Uh, had that training video that I sent you where I threw mm. 70 meters in practice mm. and like a few of them um, at Almara training. Mm. And that's like when I did like a kind of a training camp, but mm-hmm. that was like a little bit earlier. But anyways, yeah, I was peaked and then I got strep throat that week of nationals. But obviously you couldn't really see see it, but I was definitely hiding it that I was mm. sick. How did that affect your ability to throw, you think? I just felt really weak, mm. really sore. But just like the adrenaline kept me going through the meat but mm-hmm. yeah it wasn't i didn't feel that good yeah and i never really got to perform yeah it yeah it's that's a, an interesting it was just unfortunate timing yeah i had a driving experience similar to that where uh it was super weird like on the drive up it was like a six hour car ride it was regionals and it sucks that i didn't make it nationals because of this i on my drive up i i think i threw up six or seven different times Ugh. Uh, and later I found out that I had appendicitis. So I 
puking the whole time. Like one time I like drank some water and I was like, but like just we'd have to pull over like immediately after like a if like there was a bump on the road I'd throw up. Um, and then we get to the hotel. I like had to eat a little bit of food. Super tired. I wake up the next morning. My abs are crushed because when you're puking, your abs, your core is just gone. So like I was like Ugh. I was like I feel okay now. Like I don't know how I don't know how that happened, but I felt fine that morning, except for my core. I was probably a little fatigued because I didn't eat much or you know mm-hmm. not too much liquids. Yeah, you were sick. But I get to the track meet and I'm warming up and I'm like, oh my god, my core is shot. So I had no block. I couldn't run very fast. I threw terribly, and I didn't end up making a nationals. And it was kind of like a realization, and like I guess I just like figured out like real proof that core is very very important in javelin because you cannot throw if you puked six or seven times the day before i mean fatigue is also mental too so like yeah. anything that affects our mental state is going to affect your performance yeah but you should see i kind of want to show you these throws they're so bad uh, uh, yeah like that i think happens. i threw probably yeah maybe like 185 or something like that yeah so i think I it also depends on the person too so like yeah someone like me who feeds off adrenaline and mm-hmm. when i get that adrenaline rush like i throw like i'm a completely different person when i have adrenaline in my system mm-hmm. compared to like when i'm throwing and training yeah and you'd be like that, that's not the same person that's true but yeah that's definitely me because like after me like when i was done with nationals the next two days i was Zapped. just just completely couldn't do anything and i just re- i remember for like a full solid like probably a week after um like once the strep finally left my system, like I was, I was still sore, mm-hmm. and yeah, and like even when I went to Yena for that training camp, after I had like a crazy throw session mm-hmm. and like a ton of adrenaline went through me, I was just zapped the next day, like I couldn't throw. Yeah, I was, couldn't even throw like fifty-five meters. Yeah, to save my life, it was just. I bad. was gonna say it's crazy how much a track meet can take out of you. Like you get done and you're just freaking over it. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. you're competing, uh, like. Mm-hmm. All at once. You're, it's it's a weird. Maximal you would think, like, you're only doing six throws, but somehow you can just be completely zapped. Yeah. Like it is a maximal effort competition. I mean, realistically. And part of it's adrenaline too. Some people just get like this crazy mm-hmm. adrenaline high. Yeah. And then coming off of it is the worst for the next day. And they may not feel it that day, yeah. but they'll definitely feel it the next day. True. But yeah, I think it depends on the person mm-hmm. too. And like the car ride afterwards, that doesn't help. Yeah. You know, I didn't really cool down after a track meet. Really? That didn't. Were really you happen. not? Were you like in the sense? Were you like I say if you had a good know. meet? Were you still like amped? Were you still like tweaking? Or were you like happy and like? I was like, happy and, and I was like, on the way down, so I didn't really feel like mm-hmm. uh, cooling down or stretching or anything, which was dumb on my part. So I'd like just go mm-hmm. sit down, and then my like I'd be like I can't move. Like I would get up and be like, uh, <laughs> you know. I mm, I don't know. I feel like I was just happy and relaxed. Mm. Honestly, after like a really good ha- a really good meet where I mm. threw far, mm. I would just kind of chilled out and just happy mm. and just kind of always smiley, you know, just yeah. kind of just smiley like everyone. You're putting in such a good mood if you have a good track meet. Yeah. Oh my god. But I'm not like tweaking out. Yeah, because um, you're tired. Yeah. It's it's weird. It just you're just like mm-hmm. like a state of zen. You're just like mm. mm-hmm. I just threw far. And like no? everyone everyone who was there is in that same kind of like feeling or boat especially like state when like everyone just chilling in the same lost. spot <laughs> yeah they're on like the same boat in, in the terms of like they're all like tired you know like they're all like kind of zapped almost 
especially yeah i was gonna say especially the people who you beat are probably you know definitely not as hyped i mean yeah i think they yeah i think it just depends so for me like like if i had a bad day and say i was the one that lost that day for me after that meet i was just it just bothered me it would just like piss me off i would just more get just pissed off yeah like just oh it would just drive me nuts and it's it's different when like like that meet i was just telling you about i wasn't that pissed off i was pissed off but i wasn't that pissed off because i knew it was kind of out of my control versus like let's say that i mean i'm trying to think like maybe you just like had a bad day of throwing you can't really like blame it or like pinpoint the reason even when i have a like a really good throws day because even when I threw my 221 at districts, mm-hmm. I was still pissed off because my first throw like stuck 203 like this, mm. and my 208 stuck sideways, and my 221 hit the still. ground and it literally didn't even it, like came out of the ground because I like missed it Dang. so bad. And throws like that pissed me off. Mm. Even though I won, I did good. I was still mad. Yeah. And like New Balance, I was pissed off at the same time. Hmm. Even though I was like happy, it was weird. Like because compared to like sophomore year when I won, like. That was just me throwing past my potential then, in my opinion. Mm. I think for me, that was like definitely... The best feeling for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely could have thrown farther because there's proof of concept where I threw a new balance mm-hmm. and threw a 207 and it did a full cor- corkscrew in the air <laughs> and it stuck sideways at 207. So yeah, I could have thrown farther, but when I threw at state, I didn't really feel like I left anything else on the table. Mm. I feel like everything, I just went out and I competed my best. And so I was definitely happy with that. Mm-hmm. But compared to like New Balance, when I would have second thoughts, well, I went in, I had strep. You're like, oh, I, like I dog wish I did this. I wish I could have felt better. So mm-hmm. I haven't really had the opportunity, yeah. I would say, like where everything lined up in my favor. Mm-hmm. Where I've and thrown like you well. really feel like you could have done, you could have done anything else better. Yeah. There's always something that you could like look back and be like, oh, I wish I did this better. Especially like looking at technique. You like it's not even a mm, you like you're like it's not even a technique thing because like for me when i watch some of my throws like even when i've thrown far and i look at my technique like yeah it's bad but there's i can't really say that like some people can still say they have throws for them where like an 85 meter thrower throws like an 80 88 or 89 meter throw and they would say oh wow that's one of the 10 throws in your life that you're gonna have and you can say that's like pretty much perfect. Like mm-hmm. you can look at the technique and say it's bad, but you're going to be really satisfied with that. Yeah. I can't say I have a throw in competition where I'm like fully satisfied besides like my 208 from state, my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I think that's about like one of the only few throws where I can say you got everything out of it. I got everything out of it. And that's like one of my throws mm-hmm. I could be really happy with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely been throws where, like, let's say it was a scratch. Like, I've got some, like, very far throws that were maybe not, like, a lot. One in particular that was a really far throw that I, like, toe scratched. And uh, there were a lot of technical faults that I was, like, that could have gone so much farther. And I if I also, if I didn't scratch. But uh, it's just, like, what are you going to do about it? Like, you can't do anything about a throw you already had, you know? So it's, like, just move on so yeah i don't know yeah describe your kind of like warm-up that you were talking about that you always do before um like, just like your kind of like overall goal besides just getting warm and like stretching your muscles out um the goal i mean 
competition is something that's mental too. So I think that's why when I do my warm up, the goal is to be by myself and get in a point where I can go onto the track meet, go go out onto the runway. And when I throw, I don't have to think about too many things. Mm. My only thing I'm thinking about is just like a point in the sky and running towards it. So when I'm warming up, I'm going through the motions um, in the same warm-up that I always do. The warm-up isn't different than what I would do in high school. It's always the same. Mm-hmm. And I just did it intentionally. And usually, since I was peaked and I was feeling fresh for this meet, I would feel like way more explosive. So when I'm doing like my skips and uh, bounds and stuff like that, I would cover more distance and mm-hmm. I would just felt more explosive. But that's pretty obvious com- coming up to a meet because you're feeling fresh. So... Mm-hmm. That was, I just felt good, and so I put also put me in a better state, and my coach would also help me on a few stretches that I would do every time, mm-hmm. and like during that state, uh, he would always just like talk to me and small talk. He's like, "You're gonna throw so far," yeah. or stuff like that. It's like your core is feeling really strong, because we would do this like drill where um, I'm on. How would I have this set up? So if do you know like the javelin stretch where you're on your like you're on one leg and like they stretch your arm out and stuff like that from like behind mm-hmm. where the coach is like grabbing your arm and yeah, like puts stre- and pushing puts on your chest on your back. and pushing on your chest and like pulling you mm-hmm. and doing that. Well, he would do that like with my core with like both arms mm. and I would like pull with my core when he does that and mm. he would do that drill. You know, it's like shake my arm out, loosen it mm-hmm. and he would go through this routine. It's like, oh, it's feeling really loose, stuff like that. Mm. And we would also do like uh, the buddy stretch and... Yeah, it was just nice. He could just he could tell when I was gonna throw far. Yeah, he's like, "You're gonna throw far today." He's like, "You're," I can just tell. Like, mm. you're loose, you're different, and the meets where I'm like tight, and he can just tell when he's looking at me and doing the things. He just he just knew me. He just mm-hmm. knew me so well, mm-hmm. so he could just kind of tell. Did he come with you to nationals? Uh, no, mm. but that would have been really cool. That would have been really cool. That honestly would have been really cool. Mm. But he was also the coach um from high school and then for him to fly out during uh mid mid june so it doesn't really it work be, out yeah, i mean i went expensive. out with my dad yeah me so too. that was nice yeah i went with my dad too but and but my sophomore i actually went out by myself hmm. that was definitely an interesting experience wow that was weird how did you do that uh Just... nsaf put me with some type of not a director but someone else who helped out somehow hmm. Somehow, like one of the staff, like yeah, they just put me in a hotel and I just had to like ride a charter bus hmm. and stuff like that. It was definitely kind of weird. And I was by myself and I just had like food money and just like I would like go it. to my go to like a restaurant by myself or like huh. do something like that. It was definitely weird. Yeah, that is kind of. It was funny. just off. <laughs> that yeah. was awkward, but mm-hmm. I still competed well, and it was fun. But mm-hmm. yeah, like during the during the warm up, it was just intentional. Like mm-hmm. went through the stretches. I'd do everything. Coach would give me the affirmation. I would go out on the runway and I wouldn't take as many practice throws as everyone else. I mean, besides like the picking that you do on the field where everyone yeah, goes out. Because everyone goes and does like short picks and stuff. Yeah. So when you do the short picks with everyone, I'm making sure my arm is super loose and mm-hmm. not using my arm at all. Yeah. And I... Trying to hit him just Just throw it nice and easy. Yeah. Don't care about how far I'm throwing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a big thing that people get into is like they're like almost trying to impress people while they're freaking warming up. Like, yeah. just, yeah, don't worry about your competition while you're warming up, you know, uh, it's, it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, it doesn't do much. It's an ego boost. 
if you throw farther than someone in warm-ups. And if you want to, who cares? I don't care. Do it. Impress yourself. If it makes you throw farther during competition, then maybe. But definitely not like while you're just, you know. Yeah. I would say you do you. Yeah. If you want to do that, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny when some person tries to throw off, tries to show off in front of a a crowd just because it's warm up. You can kind of point out who's going to lose like <laughs> in warm ups, I feel like. Yeah, in a sense. Sometimes you can't tell, but eh, it's more it's more of a not how they throw, but it's more of a their demeanor, their demeanor and their personality and yeah. what you can see, mm-hmm. what vibes do you get off from them? Do you mm-hmm. get the vibe that they're intimidated or they're they nervous? They can't make eye contact. They're like, yeah. Uh, Jocko was kind of talking about a couple of things where like he said there was like, not like a study, but like this group of people, they could tell which type of people had been victimized in the past. And like, there were like a few different like body language, like things that they noticed, like, well, their scars will be left with them. So yeah. Uh, like, like yeah. they weren't able to make eye contact. They blinked a lot, you know, uh, different like little ticks and stuff. So, I mean, I think just being aware of like how people, like you can kind of like tell how people are feeling when you're looking at them, you know? Yeah. And like during the meet, I was just, to myself when mm-hmm. I go on the runway, I wouldn't take that many throws mm-hmm. from the from the runway before like the warm up. I'd take like a few, so I'd usually take like a seven step, and I would run down the runway and not take a throw, yeah, and just run through it. And I'd probably do that two or three times, and then I would let one go on the runway, and that's it. Mm. And yeah, then I would just go into the meet, and it's ready to throw and that's about yeah. it what i was gonna say i go through a similar process where like first i do picking um trying to focus on just myself really and throwing straight feeling loose feeling comfortable um just hitting them all through the point and going through like regular like little throws that i would normally do and maybe stretching out the arms a little bit but do you know when you're gonna throw far like can you say like when you wake one, up yeah when you're picking yeah can you say like even before that like hmm. like as soon as you start the warm-up like in the sense like you're just starting to do your dynamic whatever mm-hmm. it is that you do mm-hmm. yeah i'd say i in practice it's harder to tell because we we are training and stuff so it's like we're not always gonna be completely fresh so but when i'm at a track meet i i feel like i definitely can tell um but I always feel like I can compete no matter what, if I, however I'm feeling, you know. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, I I feel like I'm so much more dependent on how I'm feeling. Like I'm body. not gonna be like today I'm gonna throw far because I say that every time, you know. Like today I'm gonna throw far no matter what, no matter how if I'm not feeling bouncy, you know. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I just feel like I know like. When I when I know I'm gonna I don't throw like far, I do up. throw far. Yeah, I don't like give up and be like, oh, this is gonna be a bad meet. You know, yeah. I mean, I can kind of tell when I have a bad meet, and mm. it's just whatever. Yeah. But I know. But when I'm when I whenever I have a good meet, I know exactly when I'm gonna have a good meet. If that makes any sense, so like mm. I just know. Before yeah. The warm up. Yeah, actually, I, I think I'm wrong. I, I think I have known in the past, but I didn't convince myself if that makes any sense. So like, at nationals at you or in North Carolina, I I pretty much could tell like a medio. I was like, I'm not gonna throw very far. You know, but I didn't want to like give up, you know, so yeah. I just I just tried to go back to the basics and try to focus on throwing through a point. And I think there was just a lot of pressure on me because I'd never been to nationals like that before. Um, and like I knew there were so many really good throwers. I wasn't even in the second flight, so I was in the first flight. So I already 
you're already like mentally like you're like okay well i'm probably not gonna be to finals you know did you stick around i stuck around for a little bit i didn't get to see on the track like i got oh, I got okay. taken off so I, I still watched the whole thing but i was with my dad you know just like in the stands watching you guys throw so it was bittersweet and sad to you know be like all right well we came across country to get three throws and it really sucks but that was really the worst feeling track meet i've ever had but uh i didn't let that really ruin my like trip because we still we went to like you know we just we didn't like waste i guess the the drive we made it like kind of like a road trip oh you drove no we didn't drive we oh god we we drove the whole way we went to like dc and stuff so we kind of made it just like a little summer trip oh damn i didn't know that Mm -hmm. yeah i I, like as soon as we got done like we just Just flew right back back we're just done like the next day yeah we flew out and we were just there hmm. but yeah I didn't yeah do we, else. we made up for it by like going and traveling and like seeing the smithsonian and stuff so um it wasn't overall bad but that trip would have been like way more fun if like i made it to finals or something like yeah that was like the overall goal like coming in it was literally just like i'm gonna make it to finals like please let me make it to finals wait so th- i wasn't there then my junior year because you were a senior when you would have thrown at New Balance. Because mm. I wasn't there. I didn't no, compete yeah, my you junior year. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I was there a sophomore um, in I remember, senior year. I remember Zachariah being there and Sam. Zareel would have been there. That's the year Zareel won. And no, I don't think Zareel. It was uh, Liam. Liam Christensen. No, wait. No, it would have been Zareel. Zareel's a year ahead of me. I went both years. So I went when I was a senior and I went when I was a junior. When I was a junior is when Liam was there and he won. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When you were a junior, I was a sophomore and yeah. Liam didn't win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, it was cool getting to go back to back years. Uh, I was in the emerging elite group. <laughs> I didn't even win that because uh, I threw like so short. I, threw, I think I threw like 175. I was so I was embarrassed <laughs> to get sixth place or seventh place or whatever. But you know, I just put a smile on it. And I was like, yeah. So. Yeah, I wonder how. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I feel like based on your training block, how how your training goes early on in the year, mm-hmm. you can kind of tell how your season's going to go. Honestly, yeah, that's true. I mean, when more th- when more things are going right, so like one plus one equals three in the sense like mm-hmm. more things going right is like going to snowball effect into mm. even better things i was going like, to say we might need to check your math there for a second but no that's not, what that's mean. what i'm saying like yeah. it's the additional effect like yeah adds cumulatively to mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. it's almost like compounding yeah um let me talk through my like on like my actual warm-up for like on the runway so i kind of do the same thing that you did i did seven step maybe two two seven steps um, not trying to throw hard at all, trying to use like all my legs and try to just hit them through the point. That's it. And then obviously I'll mark my steps and stuff and I'll run through it once without throwing. And I think I should do the same thing you do where I throw once and I try not to arm it or, you know, like throw, I'll, I'll, I'll be aware of the people that are throwing really hard. And then I'll be like, I just don't want to look like that guy. So we're gonna we're gonna you dial don't it look down. like an idiot on the runway. Yeah, yeah, because like these serves don't count. I mean, it's like I'm trying to think of like, I mean, like a NASCAR driver. Like, do you think that they're like cranking them out like when they're all you know how like they're all like in like a line like at the beginning like they're not gonna be like trying to race around each other because it doesn't count. <laughs> so 
Well, I don't know yeah. the rules, so yeah, you've seen <laughs> I have NASCAR. no idea. But you've yeah. seen like a NASCAR race where they're all like hanging out. Yeah, they're, I know what you're talking like about. Doing the, like the like turning. But thing. I think that's just part of the rules, though, too. When they're doing that, it's right. just like setting them up. Yeah, but in a sense, it's the same thing where it's like it doesn't count towards their time. So it's just like getting their war- getting them warm, getting them ready, getting them in the right headspace, so that they can once once they pass the start line, they get going. So your warmth, you would say, is like pretty similar to mine. Yeah. If not like basically the same. Very minimal. Yeah. Like when you see people do like three or four different full throws, I, I just I just don't think it's a good idea. Did you ever get coached during a meet or were you just like, leave me alone? Yeah, I got coached. Really? I would say I, would say I did. Um, but it was never any like technical advice. It was all like really simple. Like little things. Like, like when I went to Duncan while he was at my track meet at UW, um, he just told me like, you're looking really good throw lower and that's it. You know, like as a coach, I think it is okay to give little things, but not like big picture ideas, like drive your knee down or like, I don't know, like saying like run faster. I think that's like a perfectly okay. Yeah. Thing. Try to find cues that are say like find a focal point. Like that's like the biggest easiest one for a kid who's like maybe not throwing very well like hey find a focal point you know like look at that tree over there you know throw at that tree i would just say be relaxed yeah yeah or just say yeah be relaxed just like calm down you don't need mm-hmm. to crank it just use your legs run into it mm-hmm. like just focus on one spot and just yeah. throw to that throw down that line yeah you want to take a kid who's kind of flustered and relax them in a way that that is actually like an improve their throwing so yeah because if you're trying to tell them to have a straighter left leg while you're trying to keep your arm up yeah. and then make sure when you're doing that, your right knee turns over at this instant when yeah. it hits. It's like, that's not going to get through it's their head. It's not going to work. Because as soon as they get on the runway, they're going to be like, all right, I need to throw far. You see that a lot in beginning co- beginner coaches. Like I, I Coaches just, who I don't know that. what they're doing. Yeah. I would... I don't, mm. Beginner or coaches that are just... They just don't know. It, it's just... That are never thrown before, maybe. Yeah. I mean, then again, some coaches... Some athletes are like really reliant on their coaches and they need they need to be told everything. Hmm. And I've definitely seen those athletes, if they don't have their coach there, they like fall apart and they don't yeah. throw that well. So in a sense, like I'm happy for those athletes who are reliant on their coaches because when I'm at a meet, I don't care. Like you don't worry I, about it. I don't worry about my coaches. He's just like You know what he's told you in the past. Yeah, I know what he's told me and he's like always telling me to focus on mm-hmm. a point and attack it. Like just the same thing and that's what he should be telling me as a coach. And so mm-hmm. if a kid shows up to a meet and their coach isn't there telling a whole bunch of things, I'm mm-hmm. like, good. He's like, I don't know where my coach is. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't see him in the crowd. Like, he's, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, they just, like, need that. Yeah. But I think... They're, like, frustrated by it. Yeah. And they, like, coach, like, right in the middle of it. That's just... Mm-hmm. That was just always weird to me. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just... Good. It's just so hard. No. Definitely a bad idea. Would but, not recommend that. But yeah, I don't know if I did like anything else special before me. Mm-hmm. Did you ever? Oh, I was going to say one thing uh, uh, we could bring up is like certain things that you go through between throws. So like I always did like a little thing. So like let's say that warming up with the like the seven steps and everything, I had like shorts and like a long sleeve on with like spikes and everything. And then before I threw, I would take the long sleeve off and throw with that. I always had to put that long sleeve back on between throws. No matter how, if I was like, if I was a good temperature, it didn't matter. You know, hmm. like I would always go through like little things like that. And, 
at Concordia, I did this thing where I had like tights on and they had like the zipper down at the bottom. So I'd have them unzipped for warmups. And then when I got on the runway, I would zip them down and pick up my javelin. And I would have to have my javelin in like one specific spot. And like, let's say they call my name. If I picked up the javelin before they moved the cone or lifted the flag, I had to do it the same the next the the next throws. Hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Like, let's say I spent too much time on the runway, and like I'm waiting for them to like get out the way so that I can throw. That can throw me off. It's that's so much. Super yeah, weird. that's weird. It's like so like super analytical of everything. Uh huh. It, and it's like a a routine, but it's superstitious almost yeah that definitely falls under superstitious because yeah hmm i wonder if i did anything like that no i just kind of pace a lot hmm. but just to myself right oh, i pace so much yeah i guess there's one thing that i used to do so i used to always wear like the same shorts long and, sleeve black long sleeve and yeah and i would always wear a black mm-hmm. long sleeve that was something everyone knew me for honestly yeah. now that i think about it everyone knew me for a black long sleeve no one else wore a black long sleeve super weird and i just wanted to do it yeah like i did it my sophomore year one um one time and i was like oh yeah mm-hmm. i like this mm-hmm. this is definitely the me. way to go and so i just like wore that i did it once a uh compression short sleeve and i eh, i think i should have tried the long sleeve out <laughs> gonna join the club yeah i don't know if i did it during discus i don't think i did that i think discus i would just wear um just like a shorter compression hmm. a short sleeve mm-hmm. um but i would try to wear the long sleeve if i could mm-hmm. for discus um do you think you would try anything like that here at oregon i kind of want to wear a long sleeve honestly yeah kind of want to that'd be so sick with the yellow uniforms have a yellow long sleeve oh i think i'm gonna so go with the all ye- would it be an all yellow yeah because like our mm-hmm. a home would be at all yellow right mm-hmm. yellow with green imagine if we had so a green long sleeve or would it be a yellow long sleeve probably yellow long sleeve hmm. that'd be sick are we talking about like just like the undershirt or are we talking like yeah, the undershirt, sleeves undershirt hmm. i want to go sleeves too one on the left arm would be sick i don't know what i would do i definitely want to have something on my right arm yeah when i throw maybe even i mean i might just do my left arm if i open I don't up know why. at home yeah, who knows that's true i don't know what i'm gonna throw this season <sighs> i just don't want to be the only one opening you know you might have that to would suck you that might would have really, to really really suck i don't know how many meets we're gonna how many i mean sorry i don't know how many teams are gonna be there mm, hopefully a lot like 50 teams <laughs> <laughs> like i don't even know what a college meet really looks like unless we're talking about like pack yeah. 12s or i don't really know what a college meet really looks yeah. like except for what i did at concordia and they were they weren't like really against d1 teams except for u-dub it's probably not that much different yeah and this year with like covid no fans mm-hmm. that's gonna be so weird i'm gonna oh, hate that i really hope that they eventually decide on fans are we gonna compete at texas because they don't have masks i don't know I don't, i'm not sure well i mean no, we're not going to texas relays because it's in march yeah that's sad. like march 24th 25th something like that yeah i would have loved to go to that meet i've heard it's really competitive oh yeah very competitive mm-hmm. like with the mono surface and all the teams from mm-hmm. the sec that go there yeah it's gonna be a crazy meet so yeah. We're not going to that meet because we're going to open up um, April 2nd and 3rd. Mm -hmm. So that's less than a month. Very soon. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's March. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, like, you might be the only one that does open up. I mean, besides the girls. I'm going to try to. I don't think that's going to affect me, but um, it would just be nice to be able to warm up with, you know, a teammate. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll be all right. 
I, I don't know if I'm going to be used. I don't think I'm like in practice. I know you guys so well, but at the same time, like competition's different. Yeah. And I just don't like being around people mm-hmm. during competition. Yeah, I keep it to myself as well. Yeah. I don't but know. you know, we like you and I like live together, so who knows what it's going to be like. I think it'll be I think it'll be fine. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to open up. No. I don't fully don't think I will for a while. Yeah. I don't know. If my hip gets better. Hopefully it'll be very soon. <laughs> tomorrow. We're opening up tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that we do before a meet beside, you know, the warm is obviously a big part of it. Um, yeah. The small social network you shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's good to keep keep to a small a small group for sure. I don't think that hanging around with like all the people on your like team is a good idea maybe keep it to like two or three people but yeah i mean then again try to have some fun while you're on these Mm -hmm. trips too like i definitely didn't do nothing like i was still hanging out with my team the day before especially afterwards yeah especially afterwards afterwards Afterwards, like you can do whatever you want Mm -hmm. like if you just won your meet or whatever you did and you you had a good time then yeah yeah, have a good time Mm -hmm. but i guess try not to distract your teammates who have a event coming up that's very soon job to do yeah just like let them be you know let Mm -hmm. them be for the next three hours out or four hours out or however long they need for some it might even be the day before where they need to have just be relaxed and Mm -hmm. have the day to themselves to think about what they need to do Mm -hmm. and perform yes and if you're in a freaking hotel don't play like loud ass music with them yeah don't be like don't bring your uh xbox to the room yeah. and just like play all night long i remember mm. my uh teammates did that for senior year oh my god they brought a uh, i don't know if it was an xbox or a playstation they brought mm. but they literally just played that until <sighs> like midnight midnight or something like that and i just remember like waking up and walking to the room and, and like, they, like, the hell are you they like looked at me and i was like oh he's ready to compete and this is like my junior year because mm-hmm. i had this like Starting like, like I'm ready. Like I'm ready to compete. Oh and they God. just looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well yeah. I just kinda did the same old, just to myself, relaxed, mm-hmm. small talk. Um mm-hmm. and I just had the sense of I just had the sense of how well I was gonna do that day mm-hmm. based off my feeling when yeah. I went into that meet on that day. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the day and before. I, I think getting ready for a track meet might be subjective a little bit. You know, it might be different for everyone. Obviously, you and I, we have like slight differences, but we do kind of follow the same like approach where it's like you want to be mentally and physically prepared for a meet, do what you need to do to get ready. And, you know, I think, yeah, just try to focus on not overdoing it. Keep it's it simple. Really, it's really easy to over warm up, you know? Yeah, I would say keep everything simplistic. Mm-hmm. So, like, with the mental focus, I guess when you can say, don't have... So, like, the more things that you have on your plate where you have to, like, you have to go talk to this person, you have to call this person, you have mm-hmm. to call this person, you have to talk to... Do this and this. Like, try to eliminate down a few things. You're going to mm-hmm. talk to your parents, give them a quick call, you're going to talk to your coach, you might say hi to your teammates, and that's about all. And that's all you really got to think about. It might be good to write it down. Yeah. Honestly, write down what you're going to do that day, the day of a track meet. Yeah, don't be checking your cell phone that day. Don't have epic don't thoughts. Check, yeah. Don't even look at your phone. Throw only, that thing away for when you're music. Maximum, the only thing you should maybe... Do you know what's weird? I never listen to music before warm-ups. Wow. Never. Huh. We're not... like. I really like This may sound weird, before. but in high school, I used to not lift 
that much to music mm. that I would just like get in my head mm-hmm. and during and during a meet because like my idea this probably didn't make any sense but I would say if I can't do it in practice then I won't be able to do it in meet mm. so okay. I would just kind of em- try to emulate that and I would just not listen to music and get in my own head but yeah something now that I think about it I don't think I've ever listened to music before a track meet ever no I mean I don't think I do it every time but never that's crazy never like not even in the morning like before i'm ready to go i'm like just i mean maybe the night before if i'm hanging out with people Mm -hmm. i'm like talking to my coach we might be but Hmm. you keep that out that's interesting Hmm. i don't know another weird thought from ty yeah (laughs) ty has a weird thoughts yeah that's very cool um yeah i think that's gonna be it for today um i think we covered a good amount and like we said it is subjective. Warming up for javelin is subjective. Do what you got to do to get ready and fucking get after it. Get after it. Yep. All, All right. right. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Bye.